Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 57. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant Heal and with me is Scott McNeese. Hello everyone and it's finally here, the week of round one. Oh man, we've only been counting it down. Um, it feels just, like forever. It, it feel, does feel like forever. That and Game of Thrones coming up has been an epic countdown to start 2019. <laughs> yep, uh, I'm uh, safely. Let's get GLT out of the way. Yeah, look, I, <laughs> we I, can, I we can pass Did we that. play the GLT? I don't even remember. I, I don't recall. No, I don't recall us playing at all. Just quietly. So, uh, I guess the uh, the big question on everyone's sort of lips is. Which Essendon side will come out against GWS, who are very good opponents? Who are very good players in GWS uh, on, when do they play? Sunday. Sunday, right? So, uh, what's your your thoughts? What's your concerns? Honestly, I'm a bit concerned. I hope hope that I get proved incredibly wrong, but um, two losses like that, where the second one was worse than the first... uh, it just it just concerns me a little. They're, they're JLT games. They should be treated as JLT games. But um, if we put our optimism hat on, we'll just say it's a, we'll treat it a little bit like other teams treat it. We'll just say that we didn't treat it with much respect, and we just needed to get minutes into a few guys. Yeah, and I hundred percent, yeah, I, I agree. That's the that's the overwhelming. That's the glass half. Appro- yeah. yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> approach from me. I mean, I'm concerned, but every time I read the Essendon midfield, um, and I see. Uh, Shield and uh, Heppel and Devin Smith and... Shield without the D. Did I do it again? Yes. I did it again. <laughs> Dylan, I'm very sorry. Um, when I see Dylan Shield uh, in there with Devin Smith and Zarakis and Heppel and, and all those guys running through there and a reasonably fit looking Jakey Stringer in a forward line and stuff, I just... We can't be that bad, man. Seriously, we can't be as bad as that game against Carlton. No, and you got guys. I mean, obviously Fantasia, right? So he played his first game in the GLT. He obviously didn't. Was just completely almost nothing. But you just thing, hope the run, like. Yeah, but dude, this is the bit that gets me right. Is that we're we're going into the? Wouldn't you figure that the JLT, considering they've been training for what three months now, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you figure the JLT everybody would be up and about? Like, they'd be running on top of the ground because they've had three months' worth of training and they're going to be running on top of the ground. What you just said there was, oh, hopefully he's better for the oh, run. Look, and- no, no, I say that because he's been slightly injured. You know, there's been guys... I was more going into the point of, of guys who are coming off that annoying January that we had yeah. of the the um, plague of minor injuries that yeah, we had. Yeah, true. So, I, I'm more mean that. You, to me, it's we definitely needed to get some legs into some guys uh, and... How much work they've done the last fortnight is is really depends on how they're going to turn up because I, I agree. Uh, I, if we're all being honest, we have really no, no idea which. No, seriously, nobody has no idea. Uh, we could we could just suddenly switch, you know, into some high pressure team and go. This is what we're going to do all along. We could look like the the team we are on paper. Yeah, because every every reporter I ever see, every news thing, every bloody idiot post from Mick Malthouse is that Essendon's no good. Essendon's going to lose. Essendon's no good. And you, as an Essendon supporter, excuse me, as an Essendon supporter, you go, uh, no, no, we're, we're awesome. But then you get beaten badly twice in the JLT. And you, there's no retort to Mick Malthouse. So, look, I hope we we come out against JWS and play 
to the names listed on the paper. Because if we play to the yeah. names listed on the paper, we're capable of beating anybody. What did you think of the second JLT game when they when they moved Heppel to half back and tried to play the Luke Hodge role? Yeah, we had a little chat about that. I like it. Same with I me. I think that's a not a bad idea. Now, people might say, oh, why would you want to take him out of the midfield? And I get that because he's a very good midfielder. Yeah. But with Shield coming in, and it it does rely a lot on the guys like Langford, Myers, and Parrish. But can we can they pick up some slack? Because he could play a really crucial role of halfback. I agree. Like that halfback role is really important. That rebounding general. Yep. So, and he won the rising star on that position. Like people, I know people mentioned to me, why would you take him out of a position he hasn't played before, there before? He has. Yeah. He won the rising star of halfback. And can you imagine? I mean, it's just basically a replacement for Goddard, and that worked really mm. well. Yeah. Could you imagine Heppel directing traffic back there and having Saad and um, yep. uh, O'Connor? back there maybe he takes a mark maybe he handballs off to one of one or two of those guys or with his reasonable um disposal hits those guys he read, out on he, the run. yeah he reads the play well he's actually he's taller than you think when you stand next to him so yeah. he, he's a decent uh, and i like the idea that we we say righto kyle langford um speci- and i say specifically kyle langford because he's been given what two years now two years now to to learn the midfield craft midfield, yeah he's looking good he's a big strong looking unit now yeah i mean he he, he would probably be a little bit disappointed with his jlt form but i agree but it's so now everybody but yeah but everyone yeah. was but it's, it's like come on okay you've had the full preseason you haven't had the minor injury no step time, up time like, to literally like, just replace apple time to own take ownership of okay this is this is my spot on the team Absolutely. and i'm going to take ownership of it yep. that's and what i want from those guys darcy parish sniffed at his feet yeah. Um, and yeah, just because if you can get that big bodied mid that Heppel's currently doing, every time I see Heppel on the bottom of a pack, I think he's going to break in half because he's a strong unit, but I just, he's not an in and under mid, but he's been playing like that way his, his whole career. He's, yeah, he's, he's very, very competitive. I actually think, um, this might sound funny, but I, I think if they do make that move to a half back, and I'm not really sure if they will, but if they do, like I think David that. Myers becomes a really big player for us mm. as far as the big body mid. Yeah. And his form warranted us to have a little bit more confidence yeah. in him in this year because the last, and say, 15 games, 10, 15 games, he was really competitive. He was getting these 20 possessions a goal a game. 100, 100% agree. Uh, and if he, look, if he can carry that form, that will help the side a lot because with that 666 movement on the... That he's clear. Big. He's he's bombing. You know, quick left foot out yeah. of a pack. It, it becomes quite a weapon. So, and I tell you what, don't forget Dylan because he's a bull. He's yeah. an absolute bull. When he gets hold of the ball, very few people are going to catch him. And we're going to see a different Devon Smith in the yeah. JSO. Yeah, <laughs> so, so what do we got? What do we got planned on the show tonight, Scotty? Well, we're actually going to cross to him live. Look, we we announced obviously a month or so ago that that we got Ronnie Lerner in. Uh, we've been discussing with him. We wanted to have a guest that comes in every month and just does a bit of a wrap-up. So yeah. he's, he's going to do a bit of a wrap-up of where we are so far and also a little bit into 2019. Yeah, we're, we're say, yeah. about having him on. So if you, if you just think like after round four and eight and 12 and that kind of scenario, we're going to have him, have him and just wrap up the month before yeah. uh, just to get his sort of expert guide. He's obviously a very um, competent journalist at the age. Uh, really good sports writer, Matt Essendon fan. Yeah, that, that's uh, going to be cool. So he actually wrote a bit of a uh, controversial article um, 
midweek, so we might even discuss that with him and, and nice. see, how see what he's got but, to say about that. But I've been working on a little intro for him, seeing as our new partner. Oh, right. We've got a, we've got a full-time intro for the boy. <laughs> so it's as tacky as all get out, but hey, I love that's it. that's what we are at the Lunchtime Now, if you, if you know Ronnie Lerner, he's a mad, mad uh, metal, uh, kind of progressive metal man. So, so is he front row center for Metallica when they arrive? Yeah, so he's yeah, got his tickets. So uh, we, we sort of did our uh, a theme to uh, honor his his love of metal. Roger that. So look, let, let's get him in. We've obviously talked a little bit at Essendon, but uh, let's talk to the expert and, yeah, exactly and have a chat right. to Ronnie. Yes, it's that time, folks, where the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast checks in with our friend Ronnie Lerner to discuss the last month of footy. And we welcome to the show our new monthly guest, Ronnie Lerner. How are you, Ronnie? 2019. Uh, Very well. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, How exciting is it for you to to go into, you know, the exciting... (laughs) (laughs) The exciting world of Scotty's front bedroom. Um, I've had... I've been doing... I've been a sports journalist for about 13 years. Um, This, this, you know, I've covered grand finals, Australian Opens, Boxing Day tests... This really does rank right up there with yeah, one yeah. of the hot career highlights. There's no I, question. I, I can understand. I can understand. You're a kind yeah. man, Ronnie. Finally, you yeah, fa- no. finally you found a show where the Essendon men and Metallica fans. So it's 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 a perfect uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfect marriage. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we're, we're we're really pleased to have um, Ronnie on. For for all the listeners out there, we're really pleased to have Ronnie on. He's uh, um, he's really knowledgeable, and I know I might be blowing a bit of smoke here, but he's really knowledgeable. And what we're what we're hoping to achieve by having Ronnie on once a month is just a bit of a wrap of the previous four weeks of footy. Who, anything stand out in his um, in his opinion? Uh, bouncing a few ideas off him and what and what we think. Um, some articles like we'll we'll cover on um, one of the the articles that he put up on Twitter. Um, just a, a bit of a recap of the previous four weeks. So um, let's get into it, shall we? So let's have a discussion on GLT, mate. Um, what what were your thoughts? There's obviously a, a few concerns out there. What were your thoughts overall? Uh, listen, I, I'm always I always take preseason form with a grain of salt. I mean, how many how many games did Sydney win under Paul Roos under under that um, his era? I don't think it was too many, um, if any, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah, listen. I, obviously, it's, it's nice to it's nice to win games, and you know, I was speaking to Chris Fagan after they had that really good win over Melbourne at Casey Fields. He said, you know, winning games, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that in, in terms of building, um, you know, belief and, and confidence, which they, and they've won both of their games. So um, so they'll head into um, the season with uh, a bit of a head of steam. I think maybe for a team like Brisbane, you know, where they are and so young and all these emerging players, maybe that's kind of what they were looking for in the preseason. Yeah. Okay, you know, Essen played, you know, a, a team that had its worst ever season in its history last year in Carlton lost, and that's, you know, <laughs> And, and they kicked points. <laughs> and on top of that, probably yeah, uh, Essendon's, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, mortal enemy. On top of that, that wasn't too good. But um, there was still, uh, like, you know, guys like Zach Merritt, Heppel, Joe Danner, who obviously isn't um, available for the, at least the first month now. A lot, a lot of, the, a lot of these um, players, their, their minutes were managed um, at a half year, a half there kind of thing. So, uh, like, you just don't fully know what teams head into those JLT games what they're trying to achieve are they looking for different things I know St Kilda against North Melbourne uh, in Werribee they were, they, were, they were definitely trialling a few things and they were happy with um, how that all worked out they, were, they had a good win that day yep. um, so yeah it, it, yeah. It, listen the, the, the Geelong one wasn't 
wasn't a really good performance either. They seems to be going a little bit of uh, half rat power in that one too. But you just never know. Who knows? If, if, if you know, if Essen comes out on Sunday and spanks GWS, I don't think we'll be talking about the JLT too much. Oh, I bet you we no. won't. <laughs> did, did, you, did you sense that um, because of that January, we had that January was just the, the plague of minor injuries. Mm. Uh, I couldn't help think that the uh, probably the um, direction changed where the coaches just wanted needed to get some legs into some guys to get some match fitness really you mean like the Devin Smith and all those guys just had mm. that kind of three or four week interrupted injuries mm. and and it felt like to me they just wanted to get some halves into them uh, and and that's in, in a weird way it's almost when those guys plays we'd struggled and when they came off our second half started to improve with the younger guys because they just had the legs they had a proper preseason. yeah it's not it's not a bad observation but having said that even though um yeah, that, that's not a bad point but i still think heppel guys like heppel and devin smith who were clearly managed i, I really think they were probably some of essence best performers in, in those two games i, I just thought mm. i thought heppel really like i think heppel started the year last year really slowly and he was really struggling but he ended up finishing with a wet sail and what top 10 the coaches um association uh, MVP. So he like he looks like he's really picked up where he left off uh, at the end of last year. But can I, yeah, can yeah, I ask you what did what did you think of the half back move with Hebs? I don't mind it. I don't mind it because you look at you I look at the midfield. You know, because because that's probably the one area of the ground where you want clean, precise disposal more than any other area of the ground. Obviously, you want sharp shooters in front of goal, but the difference is if you stuff up in front of goal, it doesn't cost you a goal. Whereas down back, if you turn it over or give it up, it can cost you a goal. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, any area of the ground where you want those real silky, good decision makers, I think that's the area. I think I can definitely see the rationale on that. Unless I forget, Heppel started his career off a half-back flank. So um, he's not, he's not, he won a rising star in that position. So he's not, he's no stranger to that part of the ground. And having said that, you, you know, Andrew McGrath probably allows him to freeze him up. Didn't he look good in the, in oh, the JLT? Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. Looks, that's that's something for the fans to look forward to, that Andy McGrath. Yeah, and, you know, you add Dylan Shield, Devin Smith, Zaharaka, Zach Merritt. It's, you know, that midfield group's starting to get a bit of cream to it. And if you have the luxury of putting a guy like Heppel uh, down back, well, I think um, I think that's a good, uh, a good situation uh, for the club, to be honest. And I think Scotty and I were talking about that before we, we jumped onto the podcast in that, Okay, if we move Heps down there, it's a great little replacement for, for Goddard and that, that wise mm. head down there and the good disposals and the good decision maker. And then I think mm. what it, what it, I think, hopefully, the Bombers are saying is that they've taken a, a genuine um, midfielder in uh, Heppel out, but I reckon mm. they then would look Carl Langford and Darcy Parrish square in the eyes and go, right, especially Langford in the bigger mm. bod. All right, mm. Carl, um, into the midfield you go. Now, you've had a couple of years worth of... Um, getting the craft under your belt. Mm. We've taken Heps out. We need you to be um, a replacement for Heps. Sure, he's probably not going to be as good as the boy, but um, I would like to see um, Langford and and Parrish really take a step up and to be mentioned in the same name or as genuine replacements for Zarakis and Myers and those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think Langford, I was, was, for most of Langford's career, I've been a bit of a Langford sceptic. I just, I didn't think he was ever going to get there, but gee whiz, he proved me wrong last year. He really started to show some very good signs in that, uh, specifically in the second half of the year. He he just started to look like, um, not not necessarily was he growing into his body, but he sort of was just getting the, he he understood 
what the AFL level was all about. And yeah. I think it, yeah. it started, the penny dropped with him last year. So now, obviously, the challenge for him is can he back it up and continue on that trajectory? And that's, you know, that's obviously a challenge. But I, I think there's nothing to suggest that he won't be able to do that, especially now that he's surrounded by so many um, uh, quality players. Yeah. You know, he, he, you know it, it, it makes it easy when you've got, you know, uh, Merritt, Shields, Smith, Zaharakis, these kind of guys um, Jake, you know, surrounding you. there every now and then. That's it, exactly right. And um and I and I was the same about Parrish as well. I was very concerned about for most of his career I've been I've been quite concerned about Darcy Parrish's disposal level. I, I just think he yeah, missed too many yeah. targets too often. But uh to his credit, I think again, like Langford in the second half of last year, I really think he, he turned it around. And I think you make a good point. If if Langford and Parrish, but not just those guys, uh, to me I, I really think Eston has a very, very talented group of young kids coming through. I think it's one of the one of the more exciting groups that they've had in a while. Like Mason Redmond. I mean he only gets a few yeah. games a year, but yeah. every time he plays he just looks like he's gonna be a star, but then he gets injured. You know, we've uh, you know uh, people forget about Josh Begley who was looking really good but then did his knee. He should be back hopefully in the early part of the, of the year. Jordan Ridley, yep. Matty Guel uh, Guelphy. Guelph, how impressive was he in, oh, in mate, his first just, year last he year? Slotted into the back line like he'd been there for ten years. That's it, and he's hard as a cat's head. And I think if these guys yeah. can just can all come together and um, you know sort of uh, all click together in the same year, that they could actually be more important than you know, per se than those big name recruits that Essendon have, have got in the last couple of years. I reckon. Can I ask one guy's name, and and he must be at the crossroads. He's changed his number to thirty three to fifteen. Uh, mm. Jaden Laverde. This must be almost crunch time for him now because. He's had a full preseason. Um, I must admit, I, just, I looked at, I went down to the hangar a few times to see him train, and mm-hmm. and they're teaching him the midcraft, a bit like Langford a couple of years ago. They're teaching him the, and he actually looked quite impressive. Now, he, I'm surprised he got so little time the JLT, and that's personally me. But I thought he was actually looking quite impressive um, as a as a big body sort of bullying mid. Mm. Well, I, I do agree. He's a, he, another guy that has been sort of I've been, uh, you know, for a top pick that he was. It was him and Lankin that in that one year, wasn't it? It was like yeah. a bang bang. Um, he he's been quite, you know, to be honest, he's been quite disappointing for where he was picked. However, uh, late late in the year, he he showed, especially in that Port Adelaide game, mm. there was like a hang on, where's this been? You know, I think <laughs> yeah. that, that may have, you know that may have actually even I'm not. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure what his contractual situation was, but that game actually may have just given him a, a reprieve because he was he was fantastic. It was arguably the best game he's played in his career was that last round game. Uh, yeah, and, I absolutely would agree. Uh, every time I yeah. see like when you go down to the hangar and you see six foot plus with a, a perfect body mm. and tall and jumps out of the gym, and yeah. I, I must admit, I look at um, Jaden Laverde and just think, oh, please, please, please be a player for us because, like you said, he's got the the high draft pick talent that we know he's got. Yeah. And I mean, you look at him and he's AFL fit, perfect. He's six foot plus. I mm. just think I, I want to see Jaden in a forward line. Now he's got some kicking issues, but he does. I, I think with the midfield that we've got now, and I don't know, get your opinion on this, but a lot of people say Collingwood mid, Collingwood's midfield is outstanding and one of the best in the comp. But I don't know, mate. If you put if you put um, Shield and Zarakis and, and Merritt and all those guys up against Collingwood's midfield. I, I rank us pretty close to being level with them. So I just wonder okay. whether or not Jaden... Oh, no, 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 I, I do. I, 
Pendleby's great, but he's about as he's old as dirt. Um, it's. I, I just think that I think we're getting well and truly underrated as a midfield, considering who we brought in and who we can run through there. But I just wonder whether or not Jaden would be better suited as a high half forward. What do you reckon? Well, firstly, I, I don't think I can agree with you on the really? ranking of it. Yeah, nah. <laughs> no, they, they, go I, ten, they go 10 deep on quality. I think Collingwood's midfield is by far the best midfield in the comp. I mean, yeah. the, they've just they've just had a lazy Dane Beams to that mix, if you don't mind. Yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, think I, just, I just don't like it, Ronnie. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we get to the, we think, get to the core issue. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Um, listen, yeah, I agree. I think Essendon's midfield mix is probably the best it's been probably since maybe 2013, but... And when when they, I mean, you know, we all know what happened in 2013. But uh, yeah. if you put that aside, that was one that was one hell of a team that was pushing for top spot in what round 17, round 18. So, yeah. um, I think that was, yeah, I think the midfield group is looking uh, very healthy, the healthiest it's been for a long time. I do agree with that. But um, yeah, Laverde, uh, listen, who's to say? You know, he is looking quite fair, as you say. I mean, you know, if if Langford can make the move. Uh, to the midfield, I believe he started his career uh, more as a forward as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a guy like Stringer. I think the these days, I mean, as as the Bulldogs proved when they won the flag in 2016, I think you most players, unless you're like a Tom Hawkins who's just a pure stay-at-home forward, most players will need a few strings to their bow in terms of what they yeah. can bring to a team. Yeah, a and the, the more roles you play, I think the more chance you are of keeping his spot on the team, I think. I think for me, with Laverde, why I like him in the mid as in the future, uh, when I watched him, he has a more instinctive kick, so he's not thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Where in the forward line... He's a better field kick than he is a forward yeah. line kick. When he, when he, yeah, kicks, he, for, he struggles. kicks for goal, his, his ball drop actually is all over the place. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And so when, when I was watching him as a mid, I was just actually looking at his technique and I noticed it was a bit more fluent because he's not mm. thinking about it. Uh, mm. So I just liked that kind of move... And he's got a body that should be should be right for that kind of position in in the modern six 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 kind of you know, view of the world yeah. we've got going yep. forward. Look, mm. let's let's talk about an article you wrote. Uh, uh, I think it was early in the week. Uh, so I I, re, I retweeted it, and then suddenly I got a flurry of, <laughs> of comments as Twitter can can do that. Uh, so the mess- the messenger was shot, was he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I was like, ask Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so look, it had obviously Dyson Heppel asked for patience from hungry Essendon fans as he expects Ben Rutten's new defensive strategy to click straight away. Uh, mm. As he doesn't. Expect. It doesn't expect. Yeah. Uh, and, and I must admit, I, I wrote in the comment like uh, when I tweeted it that that makes sense to me because they've only just got rotten. Like that's mm. literally they've played one GLT game at the time or two. Mm. So of course we need to have patience. But I mm. guess that 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 fan view was a fifteen year view <laughs> of patience. <laughs> yeah. So uh, ha- how did you read the comments when you were writing yeah. at the time? Oh, listen, I, I think what he makes what he said made sense, but. I think what got lost with um, and listen, I, I totally understand the, the, the Essendon fans' frustration, but just because he said it would need time for the defensive structure to really click, I don't think that meant that Essendon aren't going to win games early. I, I don't think the two uh, necessarily had anything to do with each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that may have got lost. I, I, there's no, there's no reason why Essendon can't win games while they're still learning the structure. I don't think there are too many teams in the yeah. AFL that are 100% across what they're trying to implement. I think you hear coaches every week, even after they win, oh, 
you know, there's still areas we can improve and, you know, they're never, they're never satisfied. So, no, I think, um, uh, listen, it, it, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to click straight away in round one. I think, uh, you know, that, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think what he was trying to say was, like, as the year goes on, it'll get more, the players get more used to it, more accustomed to it. And I think that just makes, that just makes sense. It doesn't mean that Essen aren't going to win games uh, while they're doing it. Yeah, uh, I just think... No, that's, that was my, I think that was yeah. my backup comments and saying, look, he, he clearly wants, feels like they're going to win games and they can win games just on their list and ability mm. and, and other things they've already implemented. But just on that aspect, yeah, there's probably mm. going to be some communication breakdown happen. And there's going to be yeah. a few instances where was, there might be a loose goal or two, uh, yeah. just because. And that's you know, in real uh, reality terms, it took Richmond years. Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think maybe Essendon fans had a bit of a flashback to last year when they started the two and six. Maybe that's what that's still fresh in their minds. The or, do think, that to you. And uh, <laughs> when they heard those comments, they're thinking not not two and six again, are we? So that's probably. No. Uh, that's maybe where they 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 uh, thought that was uh, <laughs> that that was uh, sort of flashing through their minds. But no, I don't think I don't think those comments should be taken down the road where those uh, angry replies you got were taken. <laughs> I, I I understand what Hep was saying, but I, I didn't glean from that that he was expecting not to win a game until they they no, finally know it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I I got a bit of a, a strong theory on this, and I'd, I'd get your feedback on it. Is that between we've got we've had Triple S come to the club, um, mm. we've had Essendon off the field. Um, they should be building statues to Adrian Dodoro um, out there at, at Tunnel Marine. Seriously, because name name me a better. Um, I appreciate they got one of, of of Mickey Long up there, and that's absolutely deserved. But they better build one for Adrian Dodoro before he leaves that club because he's recruited four of the most high, very, very high-profile footballers that have absolutely mm. added value since day one they arrived at the club. I, I don't know of another club that's got that many impact players in the last four years, right? So we've got... Apart from, Tom Lynch will probably go, okay? Um, but <laughs> but my, my point is is that we've... and uh, Three of them have been... Not three of them. Um, Devin Smith and Dylan Shield, more specifically, and Stringer when he runs through there, are midfield players, right? So... We, I think the, the Bombers fans, as hard as it is to say, take a deep breath, um, I think they need to because it's going to take a while for Devon to learn how to play with Darcy and learn how to play with Heps and learn how to play with Zaka and all that. And it's going to take a while for um, Jakey Stringer to learn how to play with them. And Sadi and, and now Shield, they've all got to learn how to play together. And then on top of that, you add Ben Rutten's new um, defensive structure, and there's a lot to learn and gel together as a club. Like, Richmond had drilled to within an nth degree. I saw that last year, that they know exactly where they need to be at any given time. I just think it's unfortunate, but the Bombers are building. We're still building. We've, I think we've got all the players we need now. I think if, if Adrian Dodoro can pull one more decent player from the herd. I think, seriously, they'll make him the coach. But um, <laughs> it's. I just think everybody needs to take a deep breath because we've got midfielders that need to learn how to play together. We've got defensive guys um, that need to play together as well. What do you think? Oh, listen, you, you make sense. But and having said that, I think I think the, the team started clicking very well after round eight last year, to be honest. I think that they really were starting to play as a team, understanding what they were doing when 
when uh, you know the shackles were released off them. I think, I think you know to win ten of your last fourteen games. It's a yeah, that's no mean a really good point. <laughs> yeah, no mean feat. I think I think they are already uh, you know getting and Devin Smith was central to that. I mean, he won the best in Ferris. So I mean, yeah. he, and and Jake Stringer, I thought uh, was fantastic. I thought Adam Saad was fantastic. I thought all, all three. All three recruits had very good years last year, um, so yeah. No, and hopefully, uh, what you know, what the the club and the fans will be hoping for is that 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 trajectory continues this year, and that they don't the first have half. To, exactly right, and they don't have a, a take a backward step. So that maybe that's what uh, some people interpreted Heppel's comments to be. I, I just think I think Essendon fans are just keen for the momentum, just to keep going and going. No, no more backward steps. I think that's yeah, maybe yeah, where yeah. it comes from. So, yeah. look, so we did a, a bit of a tease poll today on our uh, podcast site and we kind of just said, out of these four plays, if this person gets best on ground on Sunday, who is it, who are we most likely to win? Oh, sorry. If, who out of these four, if they get a BOG on Sunday, means we'll most likely win? So uh-huh. basically, who's the most important player? Uh, so yep. we had Fantasia, Stringer, uh, Merritt and Hurley. Uh, now, mm. now... Funny enough, Fantasia is sixty-eight percent. It's destroying everyone else. Is that, would mm-hmm. that? Is that? Is he really when he's up and going? Probably the most key figure we have to our success. Oh, he's sensational. When he's up and going, he is sensational. He's just an excitement machine. That, that, I mean, that game against North Melbourne last year just still sticks out in the memory. How 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 brilliant he was. He just he was the difference that day. But I tell you what, if Hurley can keep Jeremy Cameron to zero goals, I think that will go a long way to winning the game too, I think. So uh, mm. uh, that he may be overlooked just because he's down back. But, geez, Michael Hurley um, you know, at his best and blanketing one of the best and most dangerous forwards in the comp, I think that will go a very long way for an Essendon victory, I think. Do you reckon, uh, I, do you reckon they might try Ambrose on him, on Cameron? Oh, um, oh, of course, they may do that. They may do that. Um, it's just yeah, the running but, as well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, they're not they're not afraid to do it. I think, I mean, they put Ambrose on uh, Buddy Franklin in that final, didn't he, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago. So they're, they're not afraid to do that. And obviously the absence of Hooker is, a you know, that gives Hartley a chance, who I thought was quite good the year before, but just got pushed out last year. Yep. Yeah. Um, gives him another chance, another crack at it. Um, so yeah, no, and Ambrose will obviously he'll he'll play on someone. There's no no question whether it'll be you know Jeremy Cameron or even a Harry Himmelberg or something like yeah. that. Um, the reason I, the seen. reason I thought Cameron because you may have a different view from me, but I've never felt like he's a an overly contested marking threat because uh, mm. I I don't rate his hands. I mean, they're okay. Oh, I, I, but... I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tell Harris Andrews that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <No>. I still <see> what you're saying. <laughs> but uh, I, I, thought, I thought what he does do well is, is run Cameron and, and he's great yep. off the ground. Like, he's a yep. he's, he's exceptional off the ground in and, and, and the recovery. And I thought Ambrose may be able to hold him up yeah, no, with that yeah, part. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And, and with no pattern, I guess, you know, um, maybe, yeah. maybe Essendon will head into the game a little uh, a little bit lighter down back in terms yeah. of tools. You know, that, 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 there's that as well. I mean, you know, you got uh, obviously Himmelberg, who I think I really rate as a... As yeah, a, I think coming. he's improving, that kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, ever, since, ever since he kicked four goals in that losing prelim against Richmond a couple of years ago, yeah. Um, yeah. He really, he's really been very impressive. So, yeah, there, there, there are... And these days, you know, very rarely does one player stay on one player for the whole game. I think you'll see... Uh, a few mix-ups and a few, depending on where the where Cameron's playing on the ground or where whoever else is on the ground, you'll see a bit of a 
bit of a mix up and a change yeah, up between sure. that's quite common yeah so am, am i right sorry sorry just quickly callum ward's not playing is he he's, he's injured uh that is correct he's, i think he's out for the first month which is very unward like he's, uh, he is, yeah. yeah critical that's a that's player. a, that's a, a critical out for them yeah. it's a big out it is a big out um but uh yeah i'll tell you what i headed into the season um fearing for the giants but looking at them jlt i just think you know their midfield still a, a, a class like um it's mm. it, i don't think they're gonna be i don't know a lot we know they lost two they lost shield scully lob so they lost a lot of good players Jesus. on the off season it's amazing and, you and, can lose players like that and still and be Setterfield, an yeah. yeah well i think because because they positioned themselves very well years ago with the, in the draft so i think yeah. they set themselves up for, they, they sort of bomb proof themselves so they're going to lose these players but they'll get first round draft picks in return so they just keep on topping up first round draft picks and yeah. got some very very talented kids coming through as well so i don't think the giants will be i don't think they're, they're, their fall down the ladder will be too drastic this year i still yeah. think they'll be mid, mid sort of mid mid table i think they'll be a very, they'll still be a dangerous team now i got a question for you with regards to the bombers forward line um yes. jimmy stewart last year mm. um mm. Something went wrong. Um, he wasn't. I don't know that he was listening to the coaches, um, mm. and he took no further part in the season. Um, and uh, the brown dog came in and just was extremely serviceable and like he has always been as an AFL footballer. Um, who do you pick round one, Jimmy Stewart? Because back in the back in the early part of the season, um, and maybe even the season before, Jimmy Stewart was working well with um, Danaher. I thought, and mm. he was taking a couple of marks, and he's a big unit, but. Does, does he play round one or does Brownie play round one? Well, I think you're forgetting about Sean McKernan as well. I think he was the main reason why James Stewart couldn't get back into the team. Yeah, McKernan that's another, just, yeah. McKernan just uh, entered the team and just uh, played the kind of food that everyone knew he was capable of on a more consistent basis. So, yeah, so does yeah, he get, who, who gets in? Well, Stewart's a really interesting one because uh, in 2017, he, I really thought he played a fantastic role as that third banana behind Hooker yeah. and Danaher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he played a really key role in getting Essence to the finals. And then, yeah, as you say, uh, early last year, just I think it was after the Geelong game, was it? Um, yeah, yeah. Got dropped and pretty much that was it. However, they did give him a, t- a new two-year contract. So they obviously yeah. know that they obviously know that he, what he's capable of. So they weren't going to um, throw out the the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. Uh, I, I like James Stewart as a player, what he brought, especially in that, uh, you know, that 22 week period from the start of uh, 2017 to the start of 2018, before he got dropped. I really, uh, that body of work was very impressive, but then obviously, yeah, things went against him at the, at the selection table and didn't play again. But um, in terms of uh, first round, yeah, because with Danaher out, you've obviously got, uh, you know, um, I think, Mitch Brown and McKernan are the obvious ones, but then yeah, you've also, yeah. As the game is, as West Coast proved last year, the, uh, and Collingwood and Melbourne, the the, the 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 pendulum swing has swung back towards talls in a very big way. They're very much in fashion, and you know, as Zach Clark as a sort of resting forward um, with Tom Bell Chambers uh, as a backup to Tom Bell Chambers, that that could be the be goal handy. as well. Mm. That could be the goal as well. Um, so th- those those are definitely. Uh, probably the option. Uh, I'd say based on how everything, how it ended last year, and I don't think Stewart even played a JLT game either this year. I don't think I saw him. No, and that, um, that, that was no. what worried me. That was a bit, a bit telling. More. That was a bit telling. That was. Yeah, so I don't think he'll be lining up round one. I think it'll be. Oh, I think it'll be a combination of uh, Brown, McKern, and Clark slash Bell Chambers uh, as our key forwards. I yeah, think. I mind it. Like, I felt after the Geelong game, and we discussed it on the podcast then that our forwards were going up way too high. 
and, mm. and, and probably Stuart got a little bit whacked for that from my information. Uh, so so uh, <laughs> uh, McKernan, when he came in, he, he likes to play in the forward line, play a bit deeper sometimes, bring the ball yeah. to the ground. And we, our forward line setup just completely looked different from my, that was my own eyes that one, mm. he was in form, but then he was either a very dangerous threat in, in a contested mark, but if not, the ball was definitely coming to the ground for Waller yeah, and Fantasia and those guys. Mm. Um, no, so yeah. he, he, yeah, it, he sets us up perfectly. Yeah, he's a, he's a different type of forward to Stuart. Yeah, as you say, Stuart's more of a high forward, like lead up to the wing even sometimes, whereas you're right, McCurran's more of a stay-at-home type uh, forward. So that is, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. All right, yeah. so we could talk for for about the next two or three hours with you, Ronnie, on, on the Essendon <laughs> Footy Club, but we, we're going to wrap it up at some stage with you, mate. Um, just right. from the rest of the JLT, um, from what we've seen so far, as we come into season 2019, who, who's been your surprise packets? Who have you liked, other than the Bombers, obviously? Um, but who have you liked and who, who have you thought, oh, don't know where they'll, they'll finish this year? Oh, I'm really, really impressed with Brisbane, especially the way they beat Melbourne at Casey a few weeks ago. That was... Um, that was really impressive, uh, the way they did that. I thought, uh, you know, um, they were coming hard at them uh, towards yeah. the end of the towards the end of the game. I think at one stage, um, uh, the, the Lions they had a healthy four or five goal lead, and Melbourne came hard, but they managed to resist them and held on for the win. And that one, that one ended up winning both games in the JLT. So, that, so they'll be cock a hoop. I don't listen. I don't think they'll make the finals, but. I think, you know, if they can... I think 10 wins might be a realistic game for them. I reckon the Gab will be a very hard place to win this year. Yeah. Again, for, 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 for the first time in a long time. I think yeah. the Saints. I think the Saints were a bit of a surprise pack in okay. the JLT. You know, that, I, listen, I think they'll be a bottom four team. But in terms of raw results, I don't think anyone suggested that they were, you know, the, 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 they were going to win both games in the JLT. So, out of curiosity, how did Nick Hine go with the Saints? I didn't see much Saints footy. Yeah, I was I was at the I was at the North game. I was covering that game out in Werribee. Yeah, he, he, he shows a bit of toe. It was great that he got uh, drafted. That was that was a great yeah. story for the for the uh, S and VFL uh, program. That was great. And uh, yeah, no, he's. Uh, I'm sure he'll play. He'll get some game time this year. I'm sure he will. Fantastic. Sure. Well, mate, thank you so much for the. I guess the the first episode of of uh, Ronnie's. Wrap up, I'll call it. <laughs> Ronnie's wrap up. I like that. That's not bad. That was straight off the top of your head. <laughs> uh, no, it's yeah. a pleasure, fellas. Yeah, th- th- thanks for all the music tips. For you, people who don't know, Ronnie's a mad music fan, and I didn't even know I was probably standing right next to him at a Living Colour concert, uh, and I wouldn't even known his face. But it, well, judging by uh, the concert and photos, I was probably right next to him, which is a yep. bit odd. Uh, but yeah, th- thanks for all the uh, tips. He, he sent, he told me to listen to a band called Dream Theatre. Uh, so I've been listening to that all week and, um, uh, I must admit, I, I drive, I live in the Dandenong, so I drive there, I park at, uh, Ringwood Station to go in the city and, and that's basically one song, that whole drive. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm just taking it one long trip and one song at a time. Yeah. It'll take, it'll take a bit of time to get right into them, but once you do, you won't regret it. The, the first, the first song was 25 minutes I listened to. Damn. <laughs> you should do the Ronnie and Scotty, uh, music podcast. I reckon there's an oh, idea. Please. Yeah, branch off. So, uh, spin off shop. So, 
Th again, thanks very much for your time, Ronnie. We really appreciate it. We look forward to, um, to talking to you um, in probably another four weeks' time. Um, just remember, everybody listening to the podcast, if you've got any questions um, that you want us to ask Ronnie or um, just uh, get hold of us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast at um, on the Facebook page, shoot those questions through um, and we can um, put them past Ronnie and see what he's got to say. Sounds good, fellas. All right. Have a great night, Ronnie. Thanks, Ronnie. You too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. man. Bye. Cheers. Big thanks to our new regular guest, Ronnie Lerner. But hey, Grant, we're going to try something new this year. Are we? Okay, go for it. So we never got into this last year, but we actually thought before each round, we're going to actually do our tips for every game yep. uh, coming up. So let's start uh, Carlton and Richmond. Carlton and Richmond, Richmond by 400 goals. <laughs> Easy, 400 goals. Richmond. Now, one one caveat. We did discuss this before we came back on here. here. Uh, one caveat with regards to Grant Scotty's uh, tips for season 2019. Under no circumstances is anybody out there to invest any of their actual money <laughs> on yes. our tips. Under no circumstances will we be responsible for people going, but Grant Scott said to pick Richmond and Carlton comes out and wins by seven points. So what's that? In all seriousness, what's the margin, you think? Oh, Lord. Um, okay, so Richmond by... Richmond by twenty three points. Oh, I was going to say Richmond by twenty two. So we well, think we think we, we do think so. alike. Yes. Yep. Uh, okay, we got uh, the Magpies and the Cats on Friday. Where is it? That's at the MCG. The Cat Attack Selwood, and Selwood Collingwood out for a uh, slight hammy. Uh, slight hammy MCG. I'll go Collingwood by thirty eight. Oh. That's a huge call. All right, I think this is the no, one where... No, sell. we've sellwood out in their midfield. I just don't see Geelong competing Okay, all right. I say Geelong by six points. Wow. Yeah. I, I think everybody's saying Collingwood should be winning the grand final. Uh, nah. yeah. uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know so much. Yeah. Um, we spoke to Ronnie Lerner earlier. They're in my and, top two. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I spoke to Ronnie... When we spoke to Ronnie earlier, um, he mentioned that... Uh, he thought Collingwood had the best midfield in the comp. I mean, what the man know? What does he know? No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I reckon the Cat Attack won't win that one. Wow. Okay. Yep. That's going to be our little point of difference, I think, for this round. Uh, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide uh, MCG home game to Melbourne. Who cares? No, just kidding. Um, Melbourne. I like Melbourne. I like what they're building um, down there at Demons Land. Uh, Melbourne by 17 points. I'll go Melbourne in a cliffhanger by three points. Okay. Um, okay, so we've got the Adelaide Crows versus Hawthorne in Adelaide. Tough game. Yeah, it is and all. That could be either way. Um, I'm going to go with Adelaide at home, however, by the margin of 11 points. I'll go Adelaide by 16. Okay. Western Bulldogs versus Sydney at Marvel Stadium. Oh, wow. Um, the Swannies just. Swannies by seven. I'll go in an upset. Well, probably not too much of an upset, but uh, Bulldogs by 11. Roger that. Uh, the Lions versus the Eagles at the Gabba. Now, the Lions, Ronnie's very bullish about the Lions at the moment, but they are taking on last year's premiers. Um, it's when you want to take them on, though. Because you always know they're four, yeah, weeks, four weeks behind. Yeah, yeah, agree. Um, no, nah, I can't. I can't. When 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 the Lions show me something, um, I'll start picking them. But till then, the Eagles by twelve points. Okay, Eagles by nine. Uh, St Kilda versus the Gold Coast Suns at Marvel. 
Um, a lot of a lot of reporters and pundits slash talking heads are still putting the sun somewhere near the eight. No. No. <laughs> no. Somewhere near the last. Yeah, I reckon last. Um. Yeah, the Saners. Yeah, let's let's we'll have the Saners. I think the Saners. Yeah, the Saners will start off with a win by about twenty-one points. Yeah, I reckon Saners by seventeen. Okay, the Dockers versus North Bombers. Moment. No, we got oh, them last. No, we got them last. Sorry. Okay. Oh, please. Man. Sorry. Uh, Dockers versus North Melbourne. Uh, Fremantle. Fremantle. Um, I'll go Frio by nine. Yeah, what's his face is back for Frio. Um, Frio by North do have a good history there though. I must admit. Okay. Uh, I still reckon Frio by like twenty. Okay. So now it comes to Bombers. <laughs> to GWS. Bombers by four hundred points. GWS and Essendon. Now. Do we take our fan hat off? Yes. Yeah, okay. So so I guess imagine, which is almost impossible, that you're just a, a neutral this. supporter. You don't have a team. No, can't But do you it. know football very well can't and you see it. this game. I know football well, but I can't do it. Now, I asked several people at work today. Yep. No one tipped us. <sighs> what said, do they know? Um, we should have got Ronnie's um, tip on this one as well. Uh, look... <laughs> Essendon, we have no idea what they're capable That's of. That's the problem. I don't know what's going to happen. I genuinely have but... no idea what they're capable of. Um, if you put their side and our side together, there are quality names all over the um, the field, right? Oh, yeah, man. All right. My Essendon, uh, my Essendon brain says Bombers by like single figure, but... It's probably going to be GWS by like 18 points. I'm going to, like you said, if you are going to put money on it, GWS Look, by 18 points. I, I think if you're a professional tipster, you're going to go with the bookies. Clearly like us, and, yeah, and, go, and, and the odds are probably in favour of GWS. Uh, I'm a little bit oh. concerned with our with the run-up to some of our stars and their fitness. Uh, yeah. I, I stand yeah. to be corrected, though. Truly, I stand to be correct. I will go the Giants by nine, and uh-huh. it won't surprise me if we completely surprise. If we look, if we're up and about. I actually think we're oh, favourites, mate. If we're, if we're up just, and about, I'm I agree. just totally unsure if we will be. I, I, don't, I don't, don't know. That's I a, don't know. Like, yeah. So we have. Do I think we could easily win? Yeah, easily. Yeah. If if I'm just a a, a professional tipster and I see the odds and I go, yeah, that's about right. They're probably they're probably just favourites going into it. So. It probably we just blew our whole Essendon podcast by. We, we kind of did the air Essendon based podcast <laughs> by picking the Giants, but ah, uh, look, I, I, every time I read the Essendon page and and the names on that page, I go, oh man, that is a great side. Yeah, just is I actually think we've got a better side. I hundred percent agree. Like we've got I Brown just don't Dog know what and form they're in. McKernan I, I, and yeah. just don't know. And again, if we had a pumped both of those sides in the JLT, I'd be going Bombers, Bombers length of the straight, but. Mate, we just... It's well, so weird. Let's hope the JLT really was just a little bit of a trial on a few things. Yep, and, agree. And if they came out, if they came out really on, on fire, then and then I'm actually more than confident. Then, I mean, you've got to know that that they the, the players will understand that two and six again this season is not going to cut it. No, no. They can't, they can't, they can't do that. They can't play chase up. Yeah. No, they can't play chase up. So, look, we're, we're both obviously hoping that the Bombers come out and just get a good... 10 point win in GWS that'd be awesome get the hell out of there come back to Melbourne okay well I asked I asked an Essendon man at work today and I said give me a gut feel and he said GWS by 18 Hmm. he hopes 
So, and you know who you are out there, and I, and you should be fired. But that's <laughs> but uh, that's but fine. I don't have that authority. Yes, <laughs> yes but he's higher authority than me. So. Yeah, well, we get that. So yeah. you're really cool. Um, so, uh, yeah. So look, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Thank, thank you, everyone. Uh, exciting week. Can't wait for the team to be announced on Thursday night. It'll be huge. It'll be very interesting to see what. Uh, after all the chaos, who's the DLT, in, who's out? Yep, absolutely. It will tell me a lot about where the coaches are thinking about who's in yep. favour and who's in not. So, where can they find you, Scotty? Uh, they can find me either on Scooter on Twitter or the Lunch Catch Up. The Lunch Catch Up. We couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast um, for Twitter, but we got the Lunch Catch Up. And we just clicked over eight hundred people yep. following us today. So yep. thank you for that. The Lunchtime Catch Up podcast on Instagram. On Instagram, and you can find us on Lunchtime. Just look up Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast and on our Facebook site. Yep, we're all over the socials. And look, if, if you like your iTunes or you like your SoundCloud, the best way of listening is easily to follow up, subscribe. Yep. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's helped a lot of people out. So that would be my recommendation. You don't miss a show. Yep. Besides that, we wrap it up for another another week. And another week. Look hopefully, forward to the next podcast. Hopefully, you being... see a very jovial Scott and Grant the next yeah. time you hear us. Cannot wait, boys and girls. So, thank you again to Ronnie Lerner. We'll be catching up with him for the rest of the year, um, and we will see uh, you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Catch up. <laughs> <laughs>